This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. Um, Tim, I think it's time to go to our lightning round. So, uh, this is, again, I don't. I, I wish we could continue. And we, we should probably do, I think, future episodes of like, we'll, we'll stop and then we'll have like bonus episodes of the episode that we had. Yeah, if we're really on a roll, we should do like VIP content afterwards. And uh, I don't know, maybe this is like a special idea here. We need like to have like the VIP club and whoever's part of that can can hear all the good stuff, right? Yeah, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> all right, but anyway, let, let, let's move to our lightning round, which is uh, again, presented by Data in Our World, the, the data catalog for successful cloud migration. Um, let me go first. Is reference data master data? Oh. Oh, that question, Juan. <laughs> that was really mean. Uh, <laughs> uh. So th these are lightning round questions, yes or no, and you can give a little bit of context. No, reference master, reference data is not master data. Okay. Give us some context. Uh, reference data can be just as subjective as anything else. Is that uh, context enough? Or, I mean... No, no. So... To clarify, I think master data we've, we were discussing is uh, the legacy of the legacy view of this is like oh, it's a single version of the truth. And, yeah, totally. So and that's I legacy. Yeah, it's, it, but it's it's necessary legacy. I want to add though, it, it mm -hmm. runs the it, it runs the operational backbone of a company to to have master data. So it's quite important, but it's not something that is very important in a analytical data um, platform. All right. That's interesting. Tim, you go. Yeah. I, I feel like these things happen in waves, you know, and like reference and master data kind of like comes back. And now people are asking a lot about it again. It's hot again. Um, so next uh, next question. You mentioned uh, in our in our chat today that data shopping isn't necessarily a core part of the search focus that especially a catalog needs to focus on. But obviously, catalogs do get often pushed. And, uh, you know, we'll speak as a vendor, right? Uh, get pushed into things like workflow and governance, right? Do you see that governance workflow and policy is separate from catalog? Like they're two things that although they get coupled together, they're separate or are they actually tightly coupled? Uh, I think that um, they are somewhat coupled. I don't think you should try to uh, resolve every data governance issue you have with a data catalog. Far from it. Uh, but it can provide some basic uh, features or capabilities that will enable you uh, to do data governance. But data governance is something that really has mission creep built into it, right? So you should watch out for that. All right, third question. Smarter search, ontologies, someone has to do this work. And I, we've been advocating for this role of the knowledge scientist or the knowledge engineer. Is this a role that you see that is that is emerging? Will it emerge? Oh, actually, Scott Hillman asked me the same question on Data Mesh Radio, and I answered. Uh, I think I answered no, and the more I thought about it, is uh, I regretted that answer. So, so I'll, I'll try to, to to provide an answer. I won't regret uh, in a couple of weeks from now. I I totally think that that the return of investment in people working uh, with curating data it's just the potential is just so big so whatever you want to call it and wherever you want to place those people i i don't really care but 
it's just it would be such a phenomenon value for companies to have that yeah that was a safe answer <laughs> yeah but, but it's, it's it's also something that i mean i've been working in like close to 20 years uh not completely 15 years but you know working with data trying to provide value fighting my way through people that don't understand information management data management don't understand data uh, technologies such as data catalogs and you just you just want to provide value to the company that you're in and i think that value provided by such people it's just it's just it's 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 so much more uh, proportionally to 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 the salary that these people are paid that yeah personally i can't understand why it has more hasn't more attention all right all right tim last one all right last question will the catalog space still exist in 5 years or is it turning into something else like knowledge search or some other thing yeah Personally, uh, I think that you have also mentioned this earlier, Juan. So I think it's okay to say that it wasn't a marketing person that invented the term data catalog. Um, it's a difficult sell because people don't know what it is. The core capability, like seen from an enterprise architecture perspective, the core capability will remain. It will just evolve, become more powerful. Whatever we call it uh, may change, but the capability itself will remain also in five years. Yeah. So that's more of, a, more of a naming and marketing thing, but yeah. the capabilities are there. I, I, I agree with this. And I think we need to have an overview of data. We need to search for data. Yeah. But I, and knowledge. Yeah, totally. But that and knowledge in a data world is, is a, data is a prerequisite for knowledge. Okay. Well, but and sometimes I think these uh, sometimes these terms are sticky, right? Like how many people are in the BI space and love the term BI, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Tim, TTT, Tim takes us away with takeaways. You go All first, right. my friend. So great discussion today, and today we focused on catalogs, which a lot of times we don't we don't always focus directly on catalog. We talk about how all these other things that are going on with the data landscape that catalog intersects with. So this is awesome. Really love this conversation, and Ole, you're obviously a, a, a huge expert in this area. So honored to have you here. Um, so you you started off with kind of like, well, what should a catalog do, and what makes it unique? Uh, and you said that it really has to effectively allow you to search and discover your structured and your unstructured data. Uh, and, and you really kind of focused on, you know, like when, when Juan asked, why, you know, what are folks not thinking about enough when it comes to a catalog? It, like, I think the strong focus on a good search experience was a really, really clear theme on a lot of what you were talking about. Um, and uh, really pushing, uh, you know, what are folks not thinking enough about? Well, they're not thinking enough about how they can efficiently organize their metadata and their knowledge for good search. And, um, and when we talked more about search, you went into some of the different use cases around search. Like some of them are going to be much more sort of, I wrote down like wide aperture, like you're kind of like, you know, sales and you just want to see, you know, stuff on sales or something like that. Right. And that's going to be a much wider search and then you're going to kind of re refine from there. Um, but sometimes you really want a narrow aperture where you're really trying to do a precise search 
you want less hits and that's where maybe you're chaining lots of things together you're getting very specific about what it is you're looking for or you know and i think this is where knowledge comes in a little bit well who are you and what's your role and what's the context that like can affect how you can get to a more narrow aperture um so search though search 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 and and sort of google as an example of a sort of an inspiration around this we mentioned a little bit about data shopping and how data shopping, you know, may or may not really be a core part of this. It's more complementary to this, but it was interesting to go into that discussion a bit. Um, you talked about a little bit around like search in data versus for data and how, um, you know, there might be different search scenarios depending on what you're doing there. And, you know, I kind of argued that maybe, maybe ideally in the future, they're more integrated. Um, and then, um, uh, in general, we talked also about like information science and how really information science, library science, these things apply a lot to the world of catalog as well, which I think, Juan, that's a good segue to pass to you for your takeaways. Yeah. So, um, all right. So many here. One, the information science. And I think this is this is a call to action for folks listening. One, you definitely have to go see uh, Ole's book. I am so lucky that I've been able to go review it uh, and see what's going on. And I think this is, please go look at information, information library science, see it from a different perspective. Um, we talk about the information retrieval query language, which is something from your perspective, how you think about it as going back to search, right? You have the spectrum around search. We really talked about ontologies, right? How this is just the way to represent knowledge and how the business works. And we need to start cataloging knowledge around this, right? And how to go do this? Yeah, you start with a business glossary, you go to a thesaurus, right? Then you can start extending more. Catalogs all today do glossaries, but we need to start pushing for more. So if you have a, you have a catalog, you're thinking about knowledge. It's much more than a glossary. It's a starting point, but we need to be able to get, be able to go represent and catalog more of that knowledge right there. Second, the data life cycle is something that I have to say that I was not thinking about the six months until I started talking to you. Is the what is the posmat? I and mean, I'm looking here just at Michael Lee's uh, comment. Right? This conversation was so important. You have given me so much to think about posmat and 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 dikr. Right. So posmat. Plan, obtain, store, store, share, maintain, apply, and dispose. You need to think about the data around this. And this, this life cycle needs to be managed within your data catalog. And how do you know how do you want to keep the data or not? Yeah, that, that depends on the industry requirements and regulations, depends on, on your particular domain. Data becomes knowledge, information, which becomes knowledge, actions, and then results. We can't create results just on data. We need that middle layer, which is about what does this data actually mean so, so we can actually generate some results. And at the end, what we want is to have a knowledge graph powered by a data catalog. And I think the two very specific things that you're saying, what is a data catalog powered by knowledge graph? It gives you that flexible metadata model that other non-knowledge graph catalogs can give you so you can precisely map your organization actually does and what it means. And second, gives you that entire spectrum of search just from simple keyword search to all that little high, very detailed level. So knowledge, if you have those requirements of having a flexible way of representing your business and having different spectrums of how you want to go search, then that's a requirement. You need to have a data catalog powered by a knowledge graph. At the end of the day, it's about search, talked about ontologies and knowledge graph, knowledge representing your business, data life cycles, and focusing on the results. And to really achieve everything, search, on knowledge, data life cycle, and results, it's a knowledge graph. Totally. How did we do? What did we miss on takeaways? 
Uh, I think you make me sound more clever than I am. But uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> we're just you. summarizing what you just yeah, said. Thank, so. you, thank you, thank you a lot. Thank you. Thank All right, you. we're gonna throw this back to you quickly. So, three questions. One, what's your advice about data, about life, or whatever? Yeah. Second, who should we invite next? And third, what are the resources that you follow? People, blogs, blogs, podcasts, whatever. Okay. First, uh, first, um, uh, I think some advice. Um, uh, yeah. So I thought a little about this uh, and actually prepared something. Um, I have always, uh, so this is professional advice, right? And I have always uh, followed a, a principle very discreetly, but uh, it's not a secret, but I've just never spoken about it. I have always surrounded myself with people that are more clever than myself. Um, and I have never, ever insisted uh, in being right when I discuss with these people. But I have always insisted on what I know. And that uh, that is something that that have it has given me a very very uh, uh, nice work life because it gives you the possibility to grow without um, discussion. But you need to find people. So don't find don't follow famous people. Follow people uh, at your at, at work that you think are more clever than yourself. Ask them anything you want to know. Insist on what you know and learn from that. I think that is true for where I work currently, actually. We have a lot of issues where I work technically, but I am very fun to be part of the very small enterprise architecture team um, and very fun of my CIO. So, all right. Yeah. Love, that's a very beautiful piece of advice, especially that last part. Yeah, what you said is like always insist on what you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Never, never insist on being right, but always insist on what you know. Okay. Who should we invite next? I think you should invite a Swedish professor that is called uh, Jutta Haider. She has written a book, co-authored a book that is called Invisible Search and Online Search Engines. Its uh, second chapter is, I think the most comprehensive overview of the study of search in the 20th century, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's All a right. Fantastic book. All right. So finally, what resources would you like to share with our audience? What? Uh... Yeah, that one I didn't prepare. I don't really know. Um, I follow so many data podcasts. Uh, follow your podcast quite intensively uh, monday morning data chat data mesh radio data engineering podcast uh, i follow let me see um so i follow the data strategy show the data skeptic data framed uh uh, Dama Norway, that's data management, uh, Norway, the data chief, experiencing data, uh, soda podcast, uh, data lab dialogues, data creators by Media Usa. He also has a, uh, like a data creators club website, uh, agile data, the data download. I could go on and on. 
Wow. No, thank you for shouting out for everybody because I think all, all those podcasts are fantastic and yeah. and uh, it's almost a full time to go follow everybody there. But oh, this was fantastic. I am so excited. Uh, thank you so much for being us. And just quick reminder, uh, this was episode 99. Uh, we've been doing this for 99 weeks. We've had bonus episodes. We've done more than that. But this is like Tim, we've been doing this for like over two and a half years. I can't believe it. I know. This. Crazy. <laughs> and next week then is going to be 100. 100. This is crazy. 100th episode. And it's going to be actually with the VP of product of uh, Five Tram with Fraser Harris. Uh, we And it's and next week, such it's week 100. We are going to be in London. Tim and I are both going to be in London. Uh, we're going to do the episode. Fraser unfortunately couldn't make it to London, but we'll be there. And we're going to do a special episode on Wednesday and on Thursday right after our summit. And if you find us a Big Data London, come reach out to us. We have T-shirts for every person who comes to us and tells us who was their favorite guest and why. Uh, we're so much looking forward to meeting a lot of our, our, our audience at Big Data London. And uh, with that, Oli, thank you so much. Thank you, Juan. Thank you, Tim. Cheers, Ole. Cheers, Cheers, everybody. Cheers.